here. And we were, we were so happy because we found, well, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I just want a 2,000 square foot facility just for us to have our worship services. You know, because we were in a place where it was an interfaith chapel. So they didn't just worship Jesus in the chapel. They worship Allah. They worship all, all the sorts of gods and all stuff. And every Sunday, they come in every Sunday, you got to pray up the place, cast all the demons out. I was just a hot mess every week. I said, God's going to strike this place down on these gods. He said, no other gods before me. And we come in here and try to have church every Sunday. I said, Lord, we need a place just for you, your name only. And we were praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden, we, 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 we got in touch with a realtor. Amen. His name was Kirk. Remember Kirk? Yes. I got in touch with the realtor. He said, I could get you a building. Don't worry about it. I got it. I said, okay, go get it for us. So we look at all these other properties that we found this property right here in Banza Place in Teaneck. And when we first, we, we went to one building. I was at the old bank. We went to the old bank. And he's like, no, you're going to get this one. But why'd you look at this one? This place was fully furnished. It had about, what, five classrooms? Had a, had a space made about half this size. And it was about 3,500 square feet. And back then, that was a step of faith. When he thought the rent price, we was like humming and humming and humming. Whoa, 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 whoa. But we was like, Lord, we're, we're willing to take that step of faith. We got all the paperwork signed. We had the check ready, ready to cut that check. Because we had saved over 20 grand that year as a church. Because we, we were ready to move. We was like, we'll get it out of this little small little, this little closet here. We're going to move. This is our season. This is our time. This is our moment. People were sacrificing so we could move. They take the paper, the papers to the city, and the city says, denied, stamp. I said, what? That was our first year we did our community care celebration. Remember, we did that, the first community care celebration that we did. We was at the Hackensack High School, and that was supposed to be our grand opening weekend for our new location at our church. And God had another plan. You talking about how discouraged we were? I mean, you should saw you should saw that Sunday after after that that event it was like, yeah, God, you're great. God, you're wonderful. Because God wasn't making any sense. We didn't save up all this money. We sacrificed. Come on now, gave some of that tax return money. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Talk about it, Come on now, this was no game. This was serious stuff here. But we begin to lean to our own understanding and our own wisdom because we was like, God, you don't know no better. Come on now. We sick and tired come to this chapel and say, when we did church, we had to sell our equipment every Sunday. You see all this beautiful stuff? We set this, tore this down and set this up every Sunday and let the older gatherers say amen. We had a backdrop. We had to spend a backdrop every week. You remember the cables we had to roll up every week? All the equipment, the soundboards, the cameras, everything every week. And people would question me. They'd be like, why do you need all that equipment for that little small room? Because it's like a God gave me a vision that's beyond this room. And there'll be people who were trying to challenge you with God don't make no sense. And say, why are you doing all this for all that? You don't need to do all that. But your vision is beyond where you are currently. Frustrated, angry. Because of that, certain people left the church. People moved on. The Lord is telling me that. I said, well, <laughs> may the Lord bless you. 
When people said God said, you know, I don't argue. I said, okay, if the Lord told you. Time will tell if it's with the Lord talking. God bless you. People relocated. Remember, I lost four of my leaders that year. That was a, that was a hard time for this ministry. It's a hard time. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? You, you said the gathering church, you've called us to this region to, the, to, to minister to this community, to minister to people, God. You, you picked that burden on my heart. Like, what's going on? Why do I feel like we, we, we're shrinking? You said we're supposed to be growing. What's going on? God was not making any sense to me. I said, you caught me here. I didn't choose this. I could be working in the baking, ministry, in, 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 in the baking industry making some money. I could be the branch manager by now. I leave my banking, my, my banking position to come to full-time ministry and, to, and go through this? Surely I'm not in pastoring for the money. And let the executive board say, all right. I'm here because God called me to this. God called me to this. Everything that I've got, I worked hard for. Blood, sweat, and tears. But God was not making sense to me in that season. And it wasn't until two years later that we were at our office on Mercer Street. I need to find a new office for our church. And what did God take us back to? Right back to Banta Place. So this time, instead of having a big space for, for the worship, I just need a little office space. So I got an office space. And when I got the office space... As we begin to talk to the tenants in the building, because I, I, the Lord told me to sign a one-year lease. I don't know why he told me to do that. Normally, you have a commercial space. You do a lease five, ten years so you could be there because, you know, the rent won't skyrocket on you. He said, do a one-year lease. And the lady said, why are you doing a one-year lease? Let's at least do a two-year, Mr. Shadwick. I said, no, I need to do a one-year lease. I don't, and I told her, I said, I don't know what's, where we're going to be in one year. I don't know what we're going to be in one year. When I got to that building, back to Banter Place, the tenant said, thank God you didn't get that space, Pastor. I said, what do you mean? He said, we just got new, we just got new owners of the building. And if you would have signed that lease on the old building, that place would be run down. I wouldn't, so they took me to the place. Pipes busted in the bathroom. The torch were overflowing. He was a slumlord. One office had a whole bunch of water bugs falling out of the ceiling. And God's like, that's going to be my worship space? That's going to be place where you're going to lift my name up? God said, no. He saw something that I didn't see. He knew something I didn't know. Now I got to kick and scream and say, God, you, you promised us this is not right. You're playing with our emotions, God. You're not making any sense to me. You know, and I got ministers and I got leaders leaving my church now. And we could be in our new building praising God right now. But now I'm in this place. You're not making any sense to me. But God knew something I did not know. He knew something I didn't know. But he used that situation to teach me something. He sees what we don't see. He knows what we don't know. And he calls us to trust him in the midst of everything that we're going through. And through that, I signed that one-year lease. My office was completely renovated. I had no issues. I had no problems. And after one year, that's when the Lord opened up the, the opportunity to come into this new building. As soon as the one-year lease was up, the new lease started with this new location. God knew what he was doing, even though I didn't understand. 
There are times where God will not make any sense to you. And we cannot give our own wisdom and understanding more credence than God's very own. These are the don'ts. Don't do. Don't, don't. Here's, here's number three. Don't, don't believe God blesses or punishes you according to the level of your faith. He's going to do it with or without your faith. He's sovereign. He's going to do it with or without your faith. If God's going to do with that, he's going to do with that. Now, your, 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 your place is to stay in a place of faith. But you're like, oh, my faith wavered, so maybe that's why this happened. Maybe that's why I went wrong because I stopped believing God. This happened. No, it's going to happen if it's going to happen regardless. If God has spoken a word over your life, if there's a destiny over your life, it's going to come to pass. And no devil in hell is going to stop it. But we think when troubles and situations come, oh, God must be testing me. He, 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 oh, because I, I stopped believing, so all my, my whole life is over. God doesn't work like that. That's a poor representation of who Christ is. He doesn't operate like that. And then number four, one of the, the last don'ts, not to do what not to do. Sometimes we, 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 we trust in God's power but we question his character. We say, I know God can do it. The power, he can, he can make it happen. But when he doesn't make it happen on our watch, we, we question his character. If God is powerful enough to change our circumstances, but doesn't, I'll say that again. If God is more powerful enough to change our circumstances, but does it, it must mean he's ordaining them for reasons that we cannot see at the time. There'll be questions. I didn't understand what was going through that moment, what God was doing. But I had enough sense to know, even in the midst of my heartbreak, even in the midst of my frustration, that God was cooking something up. When you're in a dead spot, we're in a place of questioning, we're in a place of not knowing what to do, you have to know that God is doing something behind the scenes. It's like when you plant a seed in the ground and the roots begin to, to, to go deep within the soil, you cannot see what's happening above the surface. But if you look beneath the surface, this growth, this maturity that's happening, and then sooner or later, it begins to bud. The sapling begins to bud forth and you begin to see the greenery of the beautiful plant and then a flower. Same thing with God. God is working behind the scenes in our lives. And even in times of frustration and confusion, when he does not make sense, he's still moving. He's still behind the scenes. He's still there. He's still there. He's still trusting. Now I will be a little transparent this morning with you because I, I, I want you to understand that just because I have pastor in front of my, my name does not mean I'm exempt from trouble. That I'm exempt from trouble. If you cut me, I bleed just like you bleed. I bleed just like you bleed. My wife and I will be married 14 years this year. Oh, glory to God. Coming out someone in 72 days. 14 years this year, by the grace of God. About four years ago, right? About 2011, four years ago. Our first five years of marriage, we said, we're going to wait to have kids. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're young. We got mad at 23, 24. Everybody's like, yeah, I could just wait. Y'all babies. Y'all young. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we waited. About the fifth year, we said, okay, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move every barrier so that the blessings can flow. Year six, nothing happened. Year eight, what's going on? Year nine, okay, Lord, what's with your children? Now, meanwhile, I have cousins and siblings who ain't even married. Pop it out, babies. Pop, 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 like popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I know you got those people in your life. Just, every time you look, oh, we're friends. Like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> and here you are, Lord, I'm your servant. I've sacrificed my life for this call, God. Can you at least just bless us? Lord, we're trying. We're working hard at this. Hey, hey, hey. Glory to God. Working hard at this, Lord. Lord, I'm getting tired. <laughs> Help us, Lord. Went to the doctors. Doctors said, just keep on trying. You all right? Finally, 2011, my wife comes. This is right after the anniversary. Remember the anniversary? Eighth anniversary, I think. Zelda preached that year, Pastor Zelda. And she said, honey, I'm pregnant. I was like, what? Are you serious? She's like, yes, I'm pregnant. I said, oh, my God. So we're telling everybody. It was right before Thanksgiving. So we said, like, okay, we're going to talk about for Thanksgiving. I'm going to tell everybody all these different things. Got so excited. We Skyped her family in Florida. Hey, guys, guess what? It's like, you're pregnant. How did y'all know I'm pregnant? Weeks went by. Went for first checkup. Doctor said, I don't hear a heartbeat, but you can still be young. You know, and sometimes we don't hear the heartbeat until the sixth or the eighth week. So I said, okay. Flew to Florida for your mom's birthday. Came back. You came back when I fired him. You, you were sick. I remember that. And I said, God, what's going on? Is everything okay? And I just had this feeling. I, said, I know I'm supposed to be happy, but I just had a, a feeling. I didn't know, understand what was going on. Later on that week, I didn't go to work. I remember that. And all of a sudden, she's like, I got I to get to the doctor. Something's not right. And then all of a sudden, we went in, and things just began to take a drastic turn for the worst. I remember my birthday is Christmas Day. I remember Christmas Eve, I lost, we lost our child. I was like, God, how could you do this to me? I've been waiting. I've been faithful. I've been praying. I've been going through all of this, Lord, for such a time as this. Why would you allow us to go through this? We're your people. We're in the front lines, God. Why? For some we've been praying for, waiting for, why would you allow us to, to, to go through this? And I was devastated. And you know, you, when you go through, you know, you're the pastor, so you know, you put your pastor face on. But you know, inside, you're broken. Inside, you just want to be left, you know, alone. You just want to grieve. You just want to be by yourself. And as we went through this, I want to tell you what to do. 
when life doesn't make sense. I want to tell you what to do. There's three things I'm going to give you this morning. I'm going to use this situation that we went through, how we got through, to teach you. First of all, we were broken. And you have to understand, when life doesn't make sense, be honest about where you are. Don't put up a front. Don't put up a, 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 a facade. Don't put a mask on. If you're hurt, then you're hurt. And please don't put a facade before God. Because he sees everything that you're going through. He knows your hurt feelings. He knows, he knows you're angry. You want to just raise your fist up to him and say, ah! He knows all that. He knows all that. He knows it. He knows it. First thing we did after we acknowledged our hurt was, and these are the do's. These are the do's. You need to write these down. These are the do's that you need to do. First thing, we got in prayer. I couldn't understand God. I couldn't understand life. I couldn't understand anything that was happening was going on at, the, at that moment. But all that I did know was that God is sovereign. He knows something that I don't know. Okay? Something could have been wrong. You know, it could have been an extra burden. We don't know. I probably won't know until I get to glory. But God had, but God had a different plan. First thing we did was we got in Prayer. Tears came down. Ugly cry. But we were brutally honest with God. How we felt. We were broken. When life doesn't make sense, get in prayer. Get in a place of prayer. Get in a place of prayer. We are restoring the book of Acts chapter 16. I won't make you turn to it. But this is the Apostle Paul and Silas. And, and, and they're on a, on a missionary journey preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God gives Paul a vision. Say, I want you to go to Macedonia. So he said, okay, we're going to go to Macedonia. Let's go. This is the place that God's calling us to preach. As soon as he gets there, amen, Paul causes trouble as he's preaching the gospel. And there's a, and there's a soothsayer who he casts a spirit out. And that spirit that they cast out, that, that, that young girl that kept annoying Paul every time he preached the gospel, the people got mad in an uproar because he stopped. That, they used that soothsayer to, to get uh, money, prophetic gain, right? And so when he cast the spirit out, people lost their business. They got upset. They beat the crap out of Paul and Silas and threw them into prison. Paul was doing the will of God. He was doing all the right things, but still got tossed in prison. And not just thrown in prison. The Bible says they were in a, a, were in a prison within a prison. They were in solitary confinement prison. Okay, so there was no daylight. There was nothing. They were in a dark place. And Paul could have easily got upset with God. But the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises to God. So when you go through stuff, which life doesn't make sense, when you're dealing with the God of the real life, you have to be real with him in the moment of how you feel. You have to go before the Lord in prayer. And so Pastor Alvaro and I begin to pray. Sometimes prayer is not, sometimes you don't need words for prayer. Sometimes your tears just tell the story. Sometimes your rock just tells the story. Sometimes your song just tells the story. But you know what? We were praying. And we, we, we were trusting God. We said, God, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Lord, I don't understand, but blessed be the name of the Lord. That, that was a, the Lord giveth. The Lord, blessed be the name. God, you know what's best. I don't understand. 
And you might have lost a loved one. You might have lost a relative. You might have lost a friend. Uh, something might tragic might have happened. Lord, I don't understand, but the Lord give it. And the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name. I don't understand, God. This is frustrating. I don't know what you're doing right now. I might not understand until I die and go to glory. But, Father, I'm going to trust you in this. And that was our resolve. I was listening to Miles Monroe children, Miles Jr. and their daughter. And if you know anything about Miles Monroe, he was a, a, a phenomenal, a statesman in the kingdom of God. He, he's read so many books. Oh my God, just, just gifted. If, if, if you haven't heard of him, look him up, Miles Monroe. But two years ago, right before the Christmas holiday, and our parents taught us, don't question God, just trust him. And because of that, the ministry has soared. I mean, just phenomenal things have gone forth greater in their depths than they did when they were alive. Sometimes God will allow things to die in your life. To take you to another place in him. Things that you don't even understand. Things that you can't even fathom. Well, life doesn't make sense, get in prayer. Number two. When life doesn't make sense, get in prayer. But number two, get in community. Get in community. Get in community. When we went through our situation, we had Pastor Torres and, 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 and Minister Deborah. You know, when you're going through something, you don't want to be bothered with nobody. But they were persistent. And they called us. When they cooked us dinner, they came over to the house to cook us dinner. And the reason they were so sensitive, because they lost their child at six months. So they understood exactly what it meant to believe in God for something. And then all of a sudden, God changed his mind or God shifted the situation. Not that God changed his mind. God shifted the situation. It wasn't God's time. And so we got into community. They began to pray with us. Encourage us. We begin to share with our, our leaders in the church. I remember when I gathered you guys. And we prayed. We got into community. And our people all up in your face. Oh, I hope everything. No, no, no. Sometimes you need to be, sometimes you need to be present. And not be present at the same time. The presence of people brings you comfort. Sometimes you don't need all the words. You know, we know all the words. We're the pastors. We could give you more words than you give us. That's why I'm the pastor. But just the presence of the people said, Pastor, we're praying for you. We're standing with you. We're still believing God with you. That was all the assurance that I needed. And I know that God was going to work a miracle in his time for us. So get in community. The Bible says in Acts 2 42 that that had everything in common. They were breaking bread in each other's homes. They were connected. That's why we talk about these connection groups. Some of you fell off. Get back in those connection groups. Get back. Get consistent. You need it. There'll be things that will rock your life that you need community to help you come out of. You're not that sure that you can make it through life by yourself. Alka, how how much of a prayer wall you think you are? If I'm the pastor, I need a community. I surely know you do. And God brought us through it. But then the last thing that God did, and this is the last thing that you need to do, get in motion. Tell you that, but get in motion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get in motion. Don't stay stuck in that place 
of grief. Don't stay stuck in that place of pain. Don't stay stuck in that place of despondency. Don't stay don't stay placed in in, in don't, don't stay stuck in in, in that place of, of, of anger. Move from it. There are people who are still angry and frustrated with God over something that happened over 30 years ago and they're wasting their life full of bitterness and hurt. There are people who want to step foot in the church because God did something that they couldn't understand. And in their heart, they still harbor these raw emotions and did not allow the Lord to heal them. How do you heal? You move on. Let me tell you something. When you pray, when you get in a community, God will begin to speak to you about what to do next. And God began to speak to us. He said, this is not, he said, what you're going through is not just for you. It's going to bless somebody else. It's going to bless other people. There are going to be other couples who've been praying and waiting and seeking God the way you've been seeking God. They're going to go through it and you're going to be able to pour into them just the way the Torah has poured into you. And he has done that. He has done that. He, he's given us a ministry. God doesn't waste any broken pieces in your life. He uses your pain to bring power. That power is your testimony to help others. That's your testimony. Let me tell you something. The more you go through, it's like olives being crushed. What happens when olives are crushed? The oil begins to flow. What is the oil? The oil is the presence of God. It's the flow of Jesus. Every time you go through a trial, a trouble, it's like God crushing those olives. And you'll be able to give it and share it with somebody and encourage somebody else to say, you know what, I've been through that. I understand what you're facing. I understand what you're going through. But if God got me through it, he's no respecter of person. He'll get you through it too. When life doesn't make sense, get in prayer. Get in community. And get in motion. Paul and Silas got locked up into prison. They could have they been bitter and said, God, you gave me a dream. You told me this is what I need to do. But now I'm in prison. I got beat. I got open lashes, lacerations on my back. I'm in solitary confinement. I'm in a prison within a prison. I could have been busy. You know what? I'm done with this Jesus. I, I'm done. I was just doing his will. I'm just trying to share the good news with other people. And this is what happens to me. Life is not making sense right now, but God saw what Paul and Silas could not see. The Bible says at midnight they begin to sing praises to God. Hymns and spiritual songs. The Bible says as they begin to do the reading Acts 16, we get on. As they begin to do the Bible says the foundations of the prison begin to shake. There was an earthquake. Where they begin to praise God. Things begin to shift. And the Bible says all, not just them was loose. Everybody in the jail was loose. The Bible said all the chains fell off of everybody. All the doors fell open. All the chains fell off the wall, fell off their wrists. Everybody was free. Everybody was so free that it scared the jailer. And the jailer was about to commit suicide. Because he said, surely these criminals in this prison are going to turn on me. And the apostle Paul says, hold, uh, uh, don't, don't do that. Hold your peace. Everybody's, everybody's here. Everybody's accounted for. Don't worry about that. Then the jailer said to apostle Paul, what must I do to be saved? 
you telling me that God allowed Paul to go through all that so that jailer could get saved? If you keep a reading, the jailer family got saved and got baptized too. So God detoured Paul, allowed him to get beat up, put into solitary confinement so that souls could get saved. What was Paul's purpose for going there? That souls could get saved. God's ways are not our ways. It doesn't always make sense why God does things in certain ways. But we have to learn how to trust him even in the midst of it. God brought a blessing. And you know what happened? The Bible says that every next day, the judge, the magistrate said, you know what? I could go in peace. Let them go right out of prison. God took him through that situation so those families could get saved. God would take you through things so your life can affect others. As a Christian, your life is not your own. Your life is to be shared with other people. You have a story. The way God did it for you is not the way he did it for me. Maybe you got kids, you just pop them out. You just blink, you're pregnant. Man, that's your story. Praise God for you. That's not my story. That's not our story. God is still working on our story. But I don't doubt God. I trust him. Because I know he's going to work things in my favor. Just because things might be delayed in my life does not mean it's denied. And you have to understand because when life doesn't make sense, you think God has denied. God has not denied you. Just because it's delayed does not mean it's denied. Tell your neighbor it's on the way. It's still coming. That's right, it's still coming. He hasn't forgot about you. It's on the way. So in closing, I I want to encourage us today to trust God. I want to encourage us today not to give up. I want to encourage us today not to lose hope. Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. That's a promise you you could take to the bank. Even though many don't want to cash that one in. But he says, take heart. Be encouraged. In other words, lift your head up. Stop looking all sad like a sourpuss. Put a smile on your face. Shake yourself. Sometimes you got to shake yourself of all that negativity. Get all that negativeness out of your life. Get all the drama. Shut up all the mouths around you. Got people just, yang, 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 shut up, all of you. Thoughts just running rush out all through your mind. I think I tell yourself to shut up. Get yourself together. As my wife and I have a joke, get over yourself. You got to get over yourself sometimes. And say, God, even though I don't understand, you said that all things work together for the good. All things work together for the good. And not just for the good, for my good. For my good. You see something that I don't see. You know something that I don't know. You're doing something that has never been done. I'm going to trust you. All things work together for the good. My good. Why? Because I love God. I've been called according to his purpose. My life is fully according to his purpose. Nothing catches you by surprise. You do not go to sleep on my life. You know everything that happens because you are the good shepherd and you're calling me to live the abundant life. When life doesn't make sense. 
know that all things work together. Cry if you have to. Vent if you have to. Go talk to somebody if you have to. But get in prayer. Get in community. We're naturally inclined not to share our stuff, especially men. See, men's emotions are different. I love what Bishop Jakes called men emotions. He called them emotions. Because people say, oh, he's not, he's not sensitive. He's not romantic. All men have emotions. We just share our emotions differently. That's how we do. Will you, will you, will you ladies see each other like, girl, look at your shoes. Girl, you look so good. You got your hair done. Where you get that dress from, girl? Oh, you got it on sale. You with the Lord and Taylor. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, whatever. We know what, 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 what man's version of that is? So, That's a nice tie. That's it. All that. Oh, girl, girl, girl. What's up? That's a nice tie. We have emotions too. We just share it differently. And we're very private about our emotions. And lady, when a man opens up his heart, don't, don't, don't crack it. Don't, don't. Be sensitive with it. Be sensitive with it. It takes a lot for a man to bear his, his soul. So be sensitive. Don't, don't, don't do anything foolish. That's what marriage series, but I just want to throw that one in there for free. It's a little nugget to help you. You know, a successful marriage where he begins to open up. Just you stop talking for a minute and just let him talk. He want, I just want to talk. I just want to talk to you. Let him talk. Ooh, and I'm helping somebody today. I just felt a shackle go, it just broke. Yes, Lord, do it. Just let him talk. Oh, okay, no, I'm going to tell you about my day. If he's telling about his, you better be quiet. He don't tell you about his day too often. You better listen. You better listen and say, thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayer. I want to connect with my husband. I want more intimacy. I want him to tell me about, well, shh. Just listen. You know, women talk more than men, so, you know, that's scientifically proven. You know, you can use both sides of your brain at the same time. You know, women are like spaghetti, everything is just connected. Men are like waffles, everything is compartmentalized. Men can actually think about nothing. Women can't do that. You women are thinking about something right now. Well, I'm going to cook. What am I going to do after service? Oh, I got to change my child's shoes. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, I got to clean the house. I got to put this. I got to do that. Men, we're just like... What are you thinking about? Nothing. And we're not lying. It's been scientifically proven. They've shown the brain waves of a man flatline. Woman is... Man is... Nothing. We're simple. We're not that complicated as you think. That's a free one. But when left doesn't make sense, get in prayer, get in community, and get in motion. Don't stop where you are. Keep going. So many people get stuck on the roadside of life. They don't get moving. God wants you to get moving. He wants you to move forward. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you this morning. And we just thank you for this time. We worship you in spirit and in truth, oh God. We give you glory, honor, 
and praise, Lord. That even in the midst of all that we're going through, God, we bless you. Even in the midst of all that we're facing, even when we don't understand, God, we're trusting you. In the name of Jesus, Father, have your way. Father, be glorified. Father, show yourself strong and mighty, God. Father, we need you. We need you. Especially when we go through hurts and pains. We need you, God. We're trusting you. I want to pray with some of you this morning. Maybe you're facing a, a situation right now. And life is not adding up. It's not making sense to you. You, 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 you thought maybe you should be this, in this place in life. Or this should have happened by now. You feel maybe God has denied you. Because things are being delayed or you feel frustrated because you thought God was going to answer your prayer one way, but he did it in a totally different way. Or maybe you're just stuck because you've been searching for an answer. You have yet to found it. But I'm encouraging you to trust him. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 3, the prophet Habakkuk got a word. And the word was not a pretty word that God gave the people of Israel. And it says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be on the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. That sounds like a, 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 a doomsday prophecy. But what happens with the prophet? He said, yet I will Rejoice. He said, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. That even in the midst of devastation, I would trust God because he's going to give me the strength to get there. He's going to actually put a smile, he's going to put joy in my heart. He's going to turn my mourning into dancing again. He's going to turn my weeping into laughter. Because I trust him. If that's you this morning, he said, Pastor, I want you just to say a prayer with me. I just want you to stand and I'm going to say a corporate prayer. We're going to move on this morning. Hallelujah. But if that's you, just stand where you are. It could have been something that happened a long time ago. Or something that's happening now. You're the God of the real life. Oh, yes, you are. God, even when we don't understand, you're saying, I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me. Those who are saying, we just lift your hands to the Lord. God, we're standing before you this morning because we're being honest about where we are. We're looking in our lives, God. There's some questions that we have that have not yet been answered. There have been some things that have seemed like you denied me, God, or, or, or you haven't come through because it's been delayed, God. God, the emotions in my heart, the questions, 
in my mind. The troubles that I'm facing, God. Sometimes I wonder, God, are you on my side? Are you for me, God? You said if God be for me, who can be against me? God, are you for me? God, these are the questions that I've had. But God, I've seen in the word of God what others have gone through. Life-altering moments like Job. Life-altering moments like the Apostle Paul. And so many others. Life-altering moments, God. Life-altering moments where life didn't make sense. When life didn't make sense. But Father, you are the giver of life. And we have a promise in your word that all things work together for the good. All things, not just the good things, but even the bad things, even the ugly things of life, they work together for our good. There's a story you're building for your glory to shine. And so, Father, we ask you today, Father, forgive us for when we went and gone our own way. Forgive us for when we, oh God, looked at your promises from a short-term view and not an eternal one. Forgive us for when we counted our own understanding and wisdom more than your very own, God. Forgive us, Lord God, for, oh God, when we doubted you because we thought, baby, because we didn't believe long enough or more enough that it didn't come to pass, God. What you promised, it will come to pass because you've spoken it. And your word will not return back to you, boy. It will accomplish that what it's been sent out to do. Forgive us for we trusted in your power, but not your character. God, the times when we asked you to change the circumstance, but you did it because you had something greater in mind that you're building. Father, your word says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy own understanding. But all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So Father, we're getting in prayer right now. We're going to get in community, Lord. We're going to talk about this stuff. Not that we're going to have a pity party. Not so misery can to, to enjoy company. But we can encourage each other just like you encouraged us, God. And we're not going to stay in this place. We're going to get in motion because instructions are coming direction is coming you're speaking now you're giving direction now you're giving life now you're speaking purpose now what you're supposed to do next what's the next move it's coming now in the name of Jesus understanding is coming now revelation is coming now the next move is coming now We're not going to become bitter. We're going to become better. In the name of Jesus, God. So, Father, cover each and every man of God, every woman of God in this place, God. And those who are watching my podcast, God is able, more than able, to do that what he said he's going to do. I've told you these things so that you may have peace. Let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard each and every heart and mind through Christ Jesus. 
in this world you will have trouble but today we take heart today we take heart today we take heart why because our good shepherd he has overcome the world he has overcome the world we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus he has overcome the world even our faith we thank you that we're more than conquerors in Jesus name amen can you put your hands together and just bless him come on can you put your hands together and just bless him hallelujah